thank you for joining us today on the Leadership Cafe, where we talk to extraordinary people who are leading remarkable businesses. And uh, we're uh, your hosts. I'm Michael Couch. And I'm Richard Citrin, and we're here today to connect you with stories about leadership during this time of unprecedented disruption. You know, in times of change like we're all experiencing, it's important to turn to some of our finest leaders and find out how they are directing their businesses and contributing to their communities to make everything run just a little bit better, which we all could agree we need help with right now. What we're seeing among our best clients is that they're realigning workforce strategies, they're reaching out and connecting to their customers and clients in new ways, and they're acknowledging and appreciating the jobs being done by frontline workers, and they're taking action to help out their communities to deal with what's been a very challenging 2020. Yeah, so before we uh, dive into our podcast today, we want to make sure we spon- uh, we thank our sponsor, Vaco, uh, the global talent solutions company, for their support of the, vod- uh, the podcast. Uh, we very much appreciate it. So to- today, our-, our special guest is uh, Joe Poole, who is the chief uh, executive officer of uh, Farm Blue. A, a special pharmacy company. So we've heard from uh, we've heard from manufacturers, we've heard from healthcare, we've heard from uh, nonprofit. Uh, you know, so now we're going to dive into uh, hearing about the the impact of current situation on in the in the pharmacy business. And so, Joe, uh, welcome. Uh, thanks, Michael. Uh, glad to be here today. Yeah. So uh, we'll start off by asking you just to, to tell us a little bit about yourself and your company. I'm very intrigued on how you go from a degree in economics and, pu- and computer applications to being a CEO. So it sounds like an interesting journey. Um, yeah, I, you know, I think we all have our interesting stories and, and probably uh, much different than what we might have scripted when we were first embarking <laughs> on our journeys. Um, I uh, you know, graduated uh, from the University of Notre Dame with an economics computer applications degree. Uh, went to law school at the University of Pittsburgh, uh, finished it at Pitt, and uh, began practicing um, essentially corporate law in the city of Pittsburgh. I spent almost um, 20 years in what I'd say large firm uh, corporate uh, legal practice. Mm-hmm. Most of that time as a partner with Reed Smith uh, in Pittsburgh, which is now you know has roots deep roots in Pittsburgh, but is now yes. really a global firm. Um, And in the course of uh, my work at Reed Smith, uh, one of the clients I began to do work for was a specialty pharmacy company in Pittsburgh uh, called Farm Blue. It had started, um, had been started in about 2012 um, and really began to grow. And as as I worked as their outside counsel, eventually the, the founder and the CEO at that time uh, asked me if I would be interested in joining the company as their first general counsel. Um, and after a, a good bit of discussion back and forth about it, I, I agreed to come aboard in 2016. And then, um, you know, one, one of the things that really drove the, that, that hire, I think, for my, my predecessor was he was moving from sort of a, what I'll call a one-man show, where he was really involved in all aspects of the business and trying to build out his leadership team and I came on. He added a COO. He added a director of strategy in that in that time frame. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, within about a year's time, I think sooner than any of us really anticipated, he decided to step out of the day-to-day operation. Um, and he remained on our board. And the board asked me to step in as our CEO. Um, oh, and so, from 2017 to present, that's been the role that I've had. Um, uh, so. Uh, again, I always tell people I would have never 
sort of predicted <laughs> practicing in a law firm that I would end up as a CEO of a specialty pharmacy. But, um, you know, I, I guess I'm proof that it can happen. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's been the interesting story from a number of uh, the CEOs we've talked to is uh, how a career is not just uh, sit in one place and doing one thing for a long time. It's moving around uh, different challenges, sometimes things that you look for, and sometimes that, that fall in your lap. So it's uh, it's always intriguing to hear. Uh, so tell us a little bit about uh, about Farm Blue. So you really focus in on some very uh, s uh, complex drug therapies for special conditions. So. Yeah, yeah, especially pharmacy is a very, very broad term and a very uh, popular term right now. But our niche, um, we start with very humble roots. We actually started uh, as a family-run pharmacy on a farm in Evans City, Pennsylvania, <laughs> called RX Blue Star Solutions, and my uh, predecessor uh, purchased Blue Star and and built Farm Blue from that platform. But Farm Blue literally started in a chicken coop. Uh, wow. Farm, and wow. Uh, from that we began to focus when my predecessor came forward um, on the 340B federal drug program, which is a program that allows certain types of uh, healthcare providers to be able to purchase drugs at a discounted price and to be able to um, keep the proceeds from those discounts to put back into programs to benefit uh, patients. Yeah. And uh, our, our focus within 340B has been in the HIV uh, and AIDS uh, and, and hepatitis C, the retrovirus uh, spectrum. Uh, and we also, uh, as we worked and grew, started to see a lot of connection between the mental and behavioral health side of the business. Uh -huh. um, and, and we developed a specialty there as well. So, um, uh, you know, you'll find specialty where, uh, you know, specialty can be things like oncology. It can be things like, um, uh, you know, rheumatoid arthritis. Uh, there's a, a whole lot of different conditions that fall under the rubric of specialty today. So we're just one small part of it. But the interesting thing is Pittsburgh is a very strong, not only is we all know it's a big healthcare town, but it's a big pharmacy town. Yes, You've got yeah. the universities generating, you know, very strong schools for pharmacists. Um, a lot of the history I've learned on this in this job, uh, the first specialty pharmacy or one of the first was a pharmacy called Stoutlanders that was here in Western Pennsylvania. And you can kind of tell somebody's roots because they a lot of pharmacists as I travel around the country, can travel, can you know, trace their routes back to, to Pittsburgh and, and sometimes even Statlanders. So uh, it's another one of those areas where I've learned in my, my time here, uh, Pittsburgh has a significant history and a role in uh, this, the pharmacy and especially pharmacy area. Yeah. And so what's, also, what's it been like in terms of the, the uh, pandemic uh, crisis? Has that now you guys are certainly essential workers? Um, but yes. Yeah, as mentioned in some of our, you know, introductory that that's that's been one benefit for us compared to, you know, I think of friends in the restaurant industry, other industries where they've had a lot of uncertainty about whether they can even operate. We knew from the get go we could operate. Um, what we have found is, uh, you know, our headquarters, for example, here in, in, in Western Pennsylvania, we have administrative in half of a building and, and the f operating pharmacy in the back half. The pharmacy operation continues. It really continued unabated. I mean, we took all the steps with uh, PPE and did some things around creative shift scheduling, but we've been able to, to continue on. The front of the office, the administrative side, that's where we've gone work from home, um, very limited in-person contact, because our focus was on 
ensuring that we can continue to operate and serve our patients. Because we're talking about conditions that if our patients don't get their drugs, it's a dramatic impact on their quality of life, even to the extent of it, you know, it could be life endangering. Yes. So, you know, we really took a focus on making sure we need to, we want to take care of all of our employees, make sure everyone's healthy, but we really wanted to make sure that we, we gave our operators the ability to operate uh, safely and, and, you know, in good health so that we can deliver for the patients that are counting on us. Yeah, so that's you, much of a disruption for you. I'm sorry, Mike. It doesn't sound like it's been that much of a disruption. Well, I would say, you know, we're fortunate operationally wise. And if you look at our, our business results, things have been strong. But make no mistake, you know, I think we're all dealing with uh, it's a disruption, right? I mean, I was talking to somebody today and, and we were kind of comparing notes. And what we found, and you may have found this with others you talked about, but the folks who have been on site and working, you know, they found a rhythm now, but early on they were kind of, uh, you know, they were worried and kind of saying, why can't I work from home? Mm -hmm. And, and you know, in pharmacy, uh, the, the state pharmacy board is not real keen on people filling prescriptions in their kitchen, so that wasn't <laughs> going to happen. Um, the folks who were working from home were saying, why can't I come back to the office? You know, I'd rather be in the office. I don't like being at home. Um, now, again, I think people have found a rhythm and adapted yeah. to it. But, you know, it has been a disruption um, and we've, you know, technology has been a big help. Uh, you know, we, we've we've had good flexibility. We've always had the ability here with our board um, and, and, you know, and our leadership team of being supportive of uh, giving people the tools they need to do their work. You know, we're not counting paper clips here. Um, so if somebody said, you know, I need uh, a, a second monitor at home. Can you get me one if I need, you know, this technological, uh, if I need a program that allows me to connect better with someone, you know, we try to do those things. But, but yeah, I, you know, I'm, I'm proud of our, of our team, um, but, you know, we, we've, we've all had some disruption. Although, I, again, I go back to, I've preached a lot to the team about, um, you know, the, 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 the need to be, um, stop and think and be grateful for our ability to continue to function largely as we have and and you know to be grateful that we can continue to serve our our patients who are counting on us yeah. well that well that feeds right into one thing we're interested in what, what have you seen your leadership uh, do you know during this challenge that that's that's impressed you or do you think that was really valuable in, in uh, the ability for farm blue to adapt yeah, we have, you know, we, we are about um, at our peak, about an 80 person company, but spread across the U.S. Yeah. And um, so it we're, we're small, but we're d dispersed. And, you know, our leadership, our senior leadership team is about five people, six people, and then our level of managers below that. And I think we've all developed relationships, you know, where we know our people and all of our leaders are... I think personable, accessible, um, the kind of people that the people that report to them want to interact with and want to communicate with and building those bonds when things were good uh -huh. helped us when things got tough. Um, so because I think that's the challenge. I mean, I've read a lot about leaders at all level, whether it's a you know Fortune 100 CEO or a small business CEO like myself saying communication is the key, you know, doing Zoom calls, doing
doing meetings, trying to trying to to reach out and touch and connect with your team. And I think all of that is I agree. I think that's all critical. Yes. But I also think a big part of that um, and this is where I think we're fortunate given our size, it's a little bit easier for us to do than say if you're JP Morgan or you're GE. Um, it's it's not something new. Our, our, our team is used to um, me reaching out and communicating one on one with folks. Um, actually, you know, one of the things I've really missed is ever since I've been in this role, I made it a point every day to to walk through our pharmacy. We have it's, you know, alarmed and it's two separate sections in our business. But I've always made a point to go back there and spend time and understand what's going on every day and connect with people one on one. And because of this, I haven't really been doing that. You know, I don't one less person strolling through that uh, space is is a good thing for where yeah. we are right now. But as a as a leadership tool, it's something I've missed. Um, sure. But but no, to sort of put a button on it. We've always tried to build uh, strong communication. Um, I think you can always do better. You, you know, you, you got to keep asking. Different people are, you know, need different levels of communication. That's something that's been been key here. Um, you know, some people who did really well, and you saw them every day in an office setting. Maybe you're not seeing them as much. They're a little isolated, and you need to have your finger on the pulse of of where everybody is and. Um, you know, communication is the way way to get there. Yeah, that's uh, that's a theme we've heard. Is yeah, the reaction to the pandemic is was important, but actually, it's what we did prior to the pandemic that really helped us adapt uh, as well as we did. And it seems like that's the, uh, the what you pointed out here is a perfect example of that. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll give you one example. You know, one thing that's definitely new for us is temperature screenings. You know, we do temperature screenings of people come into the pharmacy. Um, and it went pretty smoothly as we adapted that because as we communicated about it and explained what we were doing, um, I think people, we had built a trust with our team that folks knew, you know, our intentions are good. We're trying to do this for their their safety and the safety of our customers. And um, and they were even, I think our, team, our, our employees were really good about adapting to all the changes. You know, we, we there were so many changes in information. You started out with, um, you know, taking temperatures and then masks, no masks, gloves, no gloves, you know, and, and we were trying to update as frequently as we could. Um, but I, I'm, I was really pleased that our, our team, for the most part, uh, understood, look, things are changing as fast as we can put out a statement on it. So, you know, they rolled with the punches a bit as we did too. What have you, uh, you know, when you think about your career, uh, is, there, is there some experience that you've had that stands out to you that helped you prepare for, uh, you know, your position at Farm Blue, but also you're know, dealing with this pandemic challenge? Um, I, I'm actually, there, there's a lot of things. I think for me, it's been a progression. Being in a, I used to worry when I was in a law firm, you know, and I knew that I maybe would want to do something outside the law firm world and wondered how, you know, how transferable is this? And I've been su pleasantly surprised since day one, even as the general counsel here, how many things translate. I mean, to use, I'm a movie buff, and to use the, the example that will pop in my head, it was like the scenes in Karate Kid where Mr. Miyagi's teaching Daniel 
all these different techniques and Daniel thinks he's just being put to work, but he's really learning karate. It's a lot like I felt like my career, there were a lot of things ah. that you didn't realize, hey, you know, when you're in a law firm and you're having to talk to partners and then you're having to present to clients, um, it's preparing you for having to deal with a board when you're in an executive role. Um, but I will say to me, you know, to me, the most profound thing for me um, in terms of my overall experience and in, in professionally in this role is that um, uh, two years ago in the fall of, of 2018, I lost uh, my sister, one of my sisters, uh. Uh, to a rare uh, neurological condition called Kurtzfeldt-Jakob disease. And uh, she became ill in the the uh, spring of 2018 and then passed away in the fall of 2018. And, you know, it was about a year into my my role here as CEO. And uh, work was really a good um, distraction in a way. Uh, it's probably not fair to say it was a distraction because I came in and I really could get engrossed in what I was doing. But it, it forced me to be very focused in what I was doing in either sphere, whether it was uh, helping to care for my sister and her family or to come into work and put my best foot forward. And, you know, from a business standpoint, we had a great year. Um, I had a, you know, a lot of support from the team. But that whole, pers that whole experience sort of left me with a feeling of if I can handle that, um, I really can handle anything. Right. Um, yeah. And, you know, you realize in that kind of scenario, and I think it's helpful in business too, is that uh, it was a tragic circumstances uh, something I would hope not many others would have to go through, but you realize we're all dealing with challenges, both personally, professionally. Um, you know, it, it's it, it'd be you'd probably be pretty hard pressed to find people who haven't experienced some significant personal losses and found a way to, um, you know, achieve in their careers, achieve in their families, and uh, I think th that whole process again, I, I wouldn't sign up for it. I wouldn't want to. <laughs> No. have to go through it again but yeah. you know when when you get hit with this sort of okay now you got to deal with this covid situation and a whole new set of 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 challenges it, you know i i kind of felt calm in the sense of look i've been through a lot and wow. i've managed that we'll manage this i don't might not know exactly how the math is or the playbook is but um we can do it and i think confidence to me uh leadership is is a lot about confidence and there can be a fine line between, you know, being overconfident or or faking confidence. But I think even when you've got to deliver some bad news, um, you can do it confidently. You can yep. do it with some conviction. And that's when you go back to, you know, Richard, that's another law firm kind of thing that I never sort of understood when I was doing it. But when you have to get up in front of a room or when you're asked to put on the spot as a young lawyer by a senior lawyer and you've got to deliver an answer. 50% of it was the answer, but 50% of it was, how did you deliver it? Right. You know, I, I saw people Excellent. who had the right answer all the time, but they looked like deer in headlights <laughs> and, you know, it didn't go well. Yes. Whereas I figured out, okay, you know, trust yourself, get an answer and deliver the answer with enough conviction that, you know, you can convince someone that uh, you know what you're talking about, even if maybe you're you're not sure. sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's I, I love the uh, the insights that you've gained from 
good and tough things in your uh, career. So, uh, as a wrap up, we've been uh, we've been asking uh, people a different kind of questions. So, you know, we see a lot in the media about you know what has the current social and business challenges done to you. Uh, we have been turning around and asking folks, what has the current social and businesses challenges done for you? Um, I, I think it's brought uh, to me. It's brought. Uh, clo me closer to people, closer to my team, certainly closer to my family. I mean, I've always been a very family-oriented person. Uh, probably not surprised given my my prior answer to one of the questions, but you yeah. know, I've enjoyed being able to spend uh, more time with my my family, my wife and my daughters. Uh, the, you know, dinners together, uh, movie nights. Now, my kids who are teen and preteen. They may have a different point of view. <laughs> mom and dad, but you know, I've been trying to sort of take the best of of that opportunity. Um, and I found that even when I'm connecting with people, when I've reached out to to colleagues and acquaintances, even business contacts, uh, people have. I feel like they have a little bit more time, or they certainly have more of a desire to connect. You know, there's a, a lot of, we're all busy and we have challenges that are different right now, but there's a lot of sort of noise that's been stripped away for people. And I've found um, when I've connected with even old acquaintances or uh, networking with folks, people have uh, more time right now to genuinely interact. And I think it's, we've all had that absence of social contact. So uh, that that's one thing that I've, uh, I think, you know, taken as a positive out of this is that, uh, yeah, we might not be able to do a lot of the things or some of the things that we would normally do, but um, there's there's maybe a little bit more meaning and you appreciate those interactions or those connections or um, I found clients are just very appreciative and happy. You know, I, I, when I have connected with a client in the last several months, we always end up in some discussion about how are you doing? Uh, yeah. How are things yeah. going where you are and listening and, and you know, taking in? I mean, because we're genuinely interested and it's also a good gauge of, you know, firsthand accounts. What's the world like in your part of the world? And um, I, I really think that that has been a it's not been the intention to sort of build the business relationship, but it certainly has because, yeah. you know, people see that personal uh, investment that you that you care that it's that we're all kind of in the same experience together right now and so uh, yeah it's it's kind of a, a long and winding road to your of an answer oh, to your question but um, that's exactly right yeah well, fantastic uh, insights though I love it well Joe thank you so much for joining us today on the leadership cafe there's been a great discussion I think your insights about connecting with employees and connecting with people and kind of uh, you're recognizing the values that are important uh, personally and professionally make a big difference in how uh, you've you've uh, addressed your leadership uh, opportunities as it is for other people as well. Uh, as a thank you, we want to send a copy of our new book, Strategy Driven Leadership, that Mike and I have uh, written and, and had published. And so we'll look forward to sharing that with you. And we'd also like to thank our sponsor, Vaco, uh, for helping us make the Leadership Cafe an important place an opportunity for us to meet with uh, some amazing folks as we've been doing. Uh, remember, you can listen to this podcast on Apple iTunes, on Google Play, or wherever your favorite podcast location is. 
Uh, also, Michael Couch's website, which I'm sure is one of your favorite locations to go to. As well. <laughs> and as Richard well, Citrin's. As well as mine, and of course, on the Baco uh, website as well. So uh, again, uh, Joe, thank you very much. I'm Richard Citrin. And uh, I'm Michael Couch. And uh, Joe, thanks again. I love your uh, your observation that one thing out of the pandemic is the noise has been stripped away and uh, we can focus on things that are more important. So thank you for that. And I uh, look forward to everybody joining us on the next time on the next Leadership Cafe podcast. Take care. Thank you. Take care. Thanks, Joe.